Podcast Fresh. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Podcast Fresh Network. I am your host, Ryan Mello, a.k.a. Acapella. And uh, alongside me, virtually, of course, is Chris Torres, my co I'm there in spirit. You're there. You're here in spirit. I feel your <laughs> presence everywhere. Uh, guys, Merry uh, Christmas, if we don't uh, do another one before that. Uh, you know, happy holidays, all that good stuff. Um, Chris, how has your December been treating you? Good, good. I'm almost just about done work for the, uh, well, not for the break, but uh, just in general. So it's kind of nice. Nice. But it's good, man. And, and Christmas just kind of snuck around, man. I cannot believe that it, we're already here at Christmas time. It, it honestly, as the years go by, it's just, it's so fast. It's incredible. It still feels like mm-hmm. it's been only a couple months since the previous Christmas. So it's just been a, it's been a wild whiplash of a year. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, I'm feeling it more and more every year. It's just faster. It's always yeah. <laughs> it goes by faster every year. It's like holy yeah, shit. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So as per tradition that we do here on the cafe, I guess this would be the third annual uh, one of these that we do. We yeah. just like to do an episode where we just talk about uh, you know what we liked. Well, basically our favorite things that we watched and played this year. Um, me and Chris both picked ten things for both categories. And we're going to talk a little bit about everything, and it should be a good... um, I think I like to do this because it really makes me reflect on things that, like, I probably forgot that I played, and, like, maybe I could, like, re-fall in love with the thing or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I think think we should start with movies. But before we do that, Chris, tell everybody where they could uh, find us on the internet. Yeah, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Podcast Fresh. We're also on Twitter at Podcast Fresh TO. Uh, you can also shoot us an email at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. We will read it uh, on a future episode of Cafe. Um, and check out the rest of the shows on the network. Uh, we got the first two episodes of the Torres and Acapello show out right now. Uh, number three, we'll be recording it shortly. Uh, Ryan's got the Gaming Asylum featuring the Gaming Asylum radio. Radio, so check those ones out if you like it. The uh, what was the last one that you released, Ryan, for the Gaming Asylum Radio? Super Mario RPG. Super Mario RPG. The, That's a beefy one. The remake. Yeah. Yeah. That, that the was, balls you had on that one. An that, hour and a half. <laughs> Yo, it was like Jesus. it was like two hours. That, it was so hard to cut songs out. I, that was by far the hardest one I've done. Like where I was like, I, I don't want to cut it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think that album is just so good. But yeah, and so check that out, especially if you're going to the gym or you got a long ride or you're out walking the dog. Check that one out, especially if you like the music from that game. And as well, the podcast Fresh Review Show currently reviewing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, shortly going into season six. So check that one out if you haven't. Uh, there's about 64, 65 episodes of Son of a Gun. So good time to get back into that one. Um, And I think that's it. Let's get on with the rest of the show. It's the Podcast Fresh wrap-up show. The Podcast Fresh Cafe wrap-up show. Show number 81, taping December 15th. Uh, Ryan, what are we starting out with first? Very nice. All right. I just want to set some uh, expectations in check, I guess. Uh, This isn't like an exclusive 2023 list. This is just everything you watched in general and you kind of like you put it in the list. So there are some things I watched that came out this year, but there's also things that came out in like 1982. So uh, there's that. And I understand you had a busy ass year. You didn't really have much time to really set aside four movies. So you're doing something different. What are you doing? 
I'm going to be, well, I did have time to watch stuff, but I mostly watched YouTube this year. So rather than list like the two or three movies that I did watch, I figured I would list the uh, YouTube channels that I recommend if you're into, you know, anything that's related to this channel, I've sort of, to this network rather, I've sort of put on that list. So uh, Ryan will be doing movies and I'll be doing YouTube channels and uh, we'll sort of meet in the middle there. You'll see. That's fun because I'm always looking to expand the YouTube horizons. Um, yeah. Cool insight for what you listen to. I just want to say, so I've been keeping track of uh, everything I've watched and played since the beginning of the year. I've watched 18 movies in total, which really is not that much. But if you know me, that's a lot. <laughs> right. I don't watch much movies. Um, seven of those came out in 2023. Eleven of those came out in the past. Uh, and so before we get into that list... Uh, I quickly also picked uh, the shows that I watched. I watched seven shows. Favorite show of the year that I watched and finished was The Sopranos, of course. Dave was number two, and Tulsa King was number three. So that's my my show list right there. Um, so yeah, let's get into this son of a B. My number ten is The Many Saints of Newark. Um, that was the Sopranos side movie that they released. It was the prequel uh, that starred James Gandolfini's son uh, as a young Tony Soprano. The trailers for this was a little misleading because I don't think really what the whole point of it was to focus on Tony Soprano it was actually meant to focus on like one of his mentors and he's just kind of in that world. I still liked it at the end of the day, but because of that swerve, I was kind of expecting something else and what I got didn't really live up to what I was expecting. That's why it's like not my favorite thing, but I can, I can go back and watch it. It's not like I don't hate it. A lot of people don't like this movie, but I actually kind of enjoy it. So that's my number 10. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with hate with uh, not liking it or liking it rather. Um, yeah, I was under the impression you didn't like it, so I, I was on uh-huh. Group B that I figured you didn't like it. But there you go. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a friend that uh, same thing. He he was a big fan of the original show, liked it. He was a little bit lukewarm on it, but just like you, he didn't he didn't hate it. Great ending, though. I will say that. <laughs> there you go. Um, my One of my favorite YouTube channels has been, uh, for several years now, has been this channel called Lazy Masquerade. Um, originally, I've been listening to this channel for maybe five, six years, and I did say, listen, um, he tells scary stories. He pulls them off of Reddit. Uh, English guy, and uh, he's just got a certain way of, um, of telling the story that makes it really, really engaging. Anybody that's familiar with Mr. Nightmare or Mr. Ballin, um, he's in that same ilk. He's a storyteller. Lately, though, like in the last two years, because more and more uh, focus on YouTube, I've noticed he's doing more of like, uh, you know, top 10, you know, things caught on CCTV cameras and things like that. It's become much more of a, of a visual thing. But if you go back even four or five years ago uh, and just play some of his old stuff, it's just really cool stories that he tells. Uh, whether they're real or not, you know, that's part of the mystique sort of sort of uh, way to put it. But uh, yeah, check out Lazy Masquerade on YouTube. Um, you won't be disappointed. Is that a big channel? Yeah, yeah, it's got, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I believe it's got more than a million followers. I'm not 100% sure, but oh, okay. the original, originally I discovered it because uh, my sisters and I were coming home from a Killers concert oh. uh, about an hour west of the city here in Toronto. Uh, 1.67 million subscribers. And um, what ended up happening was on the way back, I think one of my sisters was falling asleep. And I like to listen to, and we were coming back to, on a dark 
part of the highway. And I'm like, you know, it'd be nice to put on a little scary, some scary stories. So I just started started loading it in, and uh, just ended up becoming a, a fan. And then you know, even once we got back home, I continued. I was like, hey, that was actually some pretty cool stuff. Spooked both of my sisters, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the made point. me made me a lazy masquerade fan. So there, there you, you go. go. Cool. Yeah, I don't do scary that much, but you said something there. Uh, driving home at night. Uh, like a big ass trip, and, and was it cold? Was, did you say it was cold? Was no, I think it was like summer, fall. Oh, okay, but, but still, still, it's got that crispiness. That's a that's a good way to maybe even get into that. That's cool. I might try that one day. Yeah, <laughs> just go on a trip at night. Lazy um, masquerade. Let your uh, let your you know your imagination run wild, and you can queue up videos like you know three stories that take place on abandoned highways or three stories that take place in the woods and things like that. So you oh, can let cool. your imagination wander. Uh, my number nine, not something I typically uh, watch, but I actually enjoyed this one. Scream Six was, uh, you know, I'm a very casual uh, movie person, and I'm an extremely casual horror movie person. I don't care for it, but I've seen one or two Scream movies. I don't really understand how this follows those, to be honest. Like, I don't watch enough for me to understand it. But as a movie, as Scream Six itself, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, I appreciated the swerves that he gave. And again, like Jenna Ortega was was great as Wednesday, and um, you know that was the first thing I saw her. And so to see her do this, you know, I'm, I think I'm, I generally just like her. Like I, I like the way uh, how she is as an actress and all that. So to see her in this role was actually pretty cool. Kind of bummed that she's not returning for seven. When I heard that news, I was like, well, one thing I, that would keep me coming back isn't coming back. So, <laughs> but Scream Six was good. I actually enjoyed Scream Six. You uh, yeah, I, thi- I think uh, I think what happened was um, somebody got fired from the set, and then she also quit in protest, kind of thing. So yeah, that's yeah, kind that's of what happened. what's happened there. Yeah, Scream Six. That's the one that was called Scream, right? No, I'm pretty sure it was just Scream Six, right? Or no? Was it? I, have no oh, I thought it was just called Scream. Anyway, you could be right. Um, but yeah, Scream Seven, sometime out in the end of 2024, beginning of 25. That's what they've said. But there you go. Um, another YouTube channel that I like is called Criminally Listed. This one's got uh, 914,000 viewers, so just under a million. And this is just kind of like your typical, like, you know, th- you know, three suspected serial killers caught in 2023 or, you know, four people that disappeared or, uh, you know, five, uh, five people that uh, had haunting confessions on their deathbed and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very narrator style, again, sort of like lazy. But this one is more this is all nonfiction. These are real things that have happened. And the way the guy narrates the videos, he's got a very unique way of sounding. Um, a lot of times when, a lot of times, you know, especially these these newcomer narrators, they try to narrate like this, like it's Ronnie Radio, <laughs> right? And that anybody with that kind of cadence, I am immediately turned off, and I can't, I cannot listen to that. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna talk to me, if you're gonna tell me a story, sound real, sound real. But the thing with this guy is, he's almost got, I don't want to say monotone, but he's got a very sort of relaxed way of speaking that almost sounds like he's half asleep while doing it. But not at all. He's actually very engaged and very much into his crap. But criminally listed. Check that one out. The videos range from, you know, 10 minutes up to, you know, 30, 40 minutes. And sometimes there are some compilations. But, yeah, criminally listed if you're looking for some uh, real-life crime stories. Nice. 
You like being on the edge, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I like to get the pulse going a little bit, you know? God, I hate that feeling. Uh, number eight. <laughs> number eight. Uh, a movie that you let me, uh, that you recommended and I watched that I actually really enjoyed. Uh, the Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Um, yeah. Interesting premise. This man basically goes to, f- to Japan to fight in the feudal war. Uh, I'm kind of forgetting now exactly what the premise is. It's basically like a government versus a... Um, you know, like another group of, I guess, rebels, maybe? I don't know. Right. But, like, that doesn't matter. Like, for the time, I think this movie actually portrayed the whole samurai stuff pretty, like, cool. Like, it was different. It wasn't, like, kind of... Because a lot of these movies, to me, back then, like, portrayed the samurai stuff as, like, goofy. This was, like, legit. This was, like, watching uh, If Ghost of Tsushima or something like that was a, was a movie. Like, it was, it really took it seriously, and I really enjoyed it that way. Not a big yeah. Tom Cruise fan, but I enjoyed him in this for sure. Um... Yeah, no, it was good. I, I'm happy you recommended me that one. Uh, I got to give that back to you at some point. <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise portrays Nathan Algren, an American captain of the 7th Cavalry Regiment, whose personal and emotional conflict conflicts rather bring him into contact with samurai warriors in the wake of the Meiji Restoration in 19th century Japan. I, it's been maybe 20 years since I've seen this. Is he not on death's door and the Japanese bring him in and basically restore him back to full health? Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, because I remember there's a part where he's like, he's begging for like sake just to like numb the pain. But uh, that one's really yeah. good. And, and it's sort of, it's 19th century Japan. So it's introduction of gunpowder and gunpowdered weapons, um, right. which is an interesting uh, way to look at it. And there's a very, there's some very powerful scenes at the end, which uh, really they're so dramatic and dramatized that the, it makes you think a little bit. So The Last Samurai. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Uh, and then sticking with my crime stuff There's another one that I like Jesus. Coffee House Crime <laughs> Coffee House Crime The funny story about this one is uh, it's, it's hosted by this guy named Adrian And again, this one is uh, Narration style um, And the gimmick is He's in a coffee house So the backdrop is He's kind of like a barista kind of thing And Well, he's not a barista But he's in a coffee shop Telling you these stories um, and originally, I didn't like the, his his style because I just couldn't get used to the way he narrated the stories. And I thought he was a bit of a pretty boy, too. And I'm like, okay, is he really? You know what I mean? But no, man, I really, I've grown to love this channel. It's it's really, really good stories. And he doesn't overdo it. He's not, you know, uploading six, seven, you know, uh, clips uh, a week. It's usually one or two. Um, they're usually 20 to 30 minutes. And he does tell um, real life stories about crimes that have happened. The most recent one I saw it last night, it's the morbid case of the killer, the Dark Knight uh, Rises Massacre. So if you know a little bit about that one, that was basically the shooting that happened in the movie theater while the Batman movie was going on. Um, it was just, I can't imagine anything scarier than you're sitting down watching a movie and somebody opens fire with like a automatic rifle. You know what I mean? So check that out. Um, and again, it's really good quality stuff. He's got a good delivery, uh, very friendly approach. Uh, 1.87 million uh, listeners or subscribers for that channel. So Coffee House Crime, check that one out as well. So this is like, so these last three that you listed are somewhat similar in yeah. the fact that they deal with like not so great topics, but, right. uh, but the delivery is completely different from how you, uh, you know, explained it. 
Yes, uh, Lazy Masquerade's, uh, he's, I can't describe his, his, um, his deliveries, very slow, methodical, especially when he starts telling some of the stories in the past. It's a little yeah. bit different now because he does more things like, uh, you know, you know, uh, showing you the visual and talking through it, but he's got a very slow paced, uh, again, the criminally listed dude, he's got a more of a slower, I don't want to say monotone, but you'd have to listen to it to really get a grasp. And Coffee House Crime, Adrian's, he's got a very, He's telling you the story. He's not. He's not doing anything to his voice to sound different or anything like that. He's just talking like a normal uh, human being. But the uh, the way that all three of them are presented in completely different ways. Um, but yeah, similar but different in their own uh, in their own respects. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's interesting. I mean, it's like me. Like on YouTube, I'm mostly watching gaming stuff. But like all the gaming yeah. channels I follow, even if they're talking about the same topic, they deliver it in a different way, which is yeah, kind of what you want. So that's cool. I think out of the three, Coffee House Crime is probably the one I'd check. It just seems <laughs> right. less ominous and effed up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number seven, Barbie movie. Uh, I probably wouldn't watch this again, but I'm glad that I watched it in theaters because, you know, it, it did something pretty special, I'd say. Like, the whole time, like, I, I was interested, but I didn't really care. I'm interested solely for the fact that I'm born in the 90s and when I came up like you know little girls were playing with Barbies that was just the thing but when they announce a movie and I'm thinking like it's gonna be taking place in this like play world pretty much because that's how they made the trailers look but then you watch the movie and the good chunk is in real world with real people and it's like her trying to adapt to that like it was actually a pretty interesting premise I'm a big fan of Margot Robbie and I do like uh, Ryan Gosling to a point so I'm not worried about the actors in it. Like, I knew they were going to knock it out of the park. But just the fact that I actually liked a Barbie movie was interesting, <laughs> I thought. So I wouldn't, uh, like, just don't, don't be a macho man and, like, say it's for girls. Like, honestly, check it out. I think it's actually pretty, uh, it's pretty cool if anyone, you know, if anyone's on the fence or whatever. I think it's worth at least one watch and then whatever. If you watch it again, you watch again. If you don't, you don't. But uh, it's worthy of my number seven spot for sure. Yeah, that movie's getting nominated for awards, so um, yeah, that's a pretty big deal, including Ryan Gosling for some of the musical numbers in there and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that that that. Well, talk about a surprise, uh, you know, the year that Barbie movie. Yeah, yeah I like what started off as a memeified joke. Really, yeah, turned out to be something cool. Pete Davidson's take on on the Ken song is awesome. I recommend you check that out. Yeah, <laughs> I love that one. My next channel is simply called Theo Vaughn. Uh, you know, Theo Vaughn just one of these guys that uh, he's been around for several years now. But in the last year, year and a half, he's really sort of blown up. Um, and, uh, you know, his his what I like about his channel is um, very similar to the old Joe Rogan on uh, YouTube in the sense that if you like the visuals to go along with it, like if you want to see a video of his podcast, you just go on here and he's on there. And he interviews everybody. He he did a he did a podcast with like a garbage collector at one point. That right? was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's done uh, a lot of the pro wrestlers. He's done uh, politicians. He had Dana White on there um, a couple times, and you can tell that Theo Vaughn's legit funny because. He makes people laugh that don't generally laugh all that much, right? Like, he had Hulk Hogan on there. And if you've ever heard Hulk Hogan laugh, he sounds like he's struggling to laugh. Like, that's just... I can't even imitate his laugh. Yeah. But he he popped he popped Hogan. He popped Ric Flair when he was on there. He popped Dana White. So, um, I legitimate... I, I think that Theo Vaughn's one of those legitimate, like, funny guys. He doesn't have to try too hard. So, uh, go on there. Theo Vaughn, 2.25 million... Uh, subscribers, check that out on uh, 
on Instagram, on Instagram as well, I'm sure, but on YouTube. He might be my, if I did what you did and made a YouTube list, he might be on my number one. I definitely like caught the wave this year. I, <laughs> yeah, I watch yeah, everything yeah. he does, man. Jesus. Yeah. I'm currently making my way through the newest one with um, that, that chick, uh, Kat Von D. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. good? Uh, honestly, I'm only 10 minutes in. Uh, mm-hmm. but She's you know, a interesting tattoo enough. chick, right? Yeah, the tattoo chick. Um, mm-hmm. But he's just funny. Like, it's just, I, he's one of those guys that like, I've seen his stand up. And I don't think it's great, to be right. honest. I don't. Right. Like, and that kind of turned me off. But then when I kind of got reintroduced to him this year, I was like, okay, this is his element. Like, he needs to be a podcaster, yeah. interviewer. He has to do this. This is awesome. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it, he's great. I mean, I have a friend at work that uh, I kind of turned him on to Theo Vaughn as well. And we always quote Theo Vaughn now. Did, did you ever hear the thing he said about... Uh, koalas koala bears no what'd he say they were talking about like him i forgot who he was talking to but he was saying like you can't keep them as pets or whatever and he and the guy's like if you touch him you gotta wash your hands after you touch him and then theo vaughn's like well that koala's gotta uh, clean his hands after he touches me because i got some stuff too (laughs) it's so stupid (laughs) it's the weirdest humor but it for some reason it's like one of the I don't know. It's just funny. I can't even yeah. explain it. It's great. Um, no, he's great, man. I love him. <laughs> he's great. Theo Vaughn. Um, probably the only person on your list that I've seen. So, spoiler alert. Fair Super enough. Mario Brothers movie, number six. Yes. Um, I liked the movie. Didn't love the movie. Uh, I thought it was an interesting first step for Nintendo to uh, get their foot in the movie-making market, I guess. It was beautiful to look at it was beautiful to listen to but it wasn't you know story-wise it was not it was pretty shallow (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was fun it was a fun time i've watched it maybe twice now because i i did a stream or on one of these services i have i watched it again uh it's fun it's just not like if you're like into like mario heavy which i don't know if anyone else is but like if you like mario rpgs where they like throw a little more at you than just the typical mario stuff you're not going to get that here. All you're going to get here is fun references and beautiful visuals and a nice soundtrack. So I thought it was good. This is uh, It made a shit ton of money for them. I'll say that. And obviously now they're trying to do a Zelda movie live action. I'm not, I'm not so up on that, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Mario was okay. I'm putting it number six. Yeah. I heard that the, uh, the storyline is pretty paper thin with that one. Almost as paper thin as the uh, Super Mario Brothers 1, the video game. I mean, any game, really. <laughs> Where it's just sort of, I'm sorry, the princess is in another castle, you know. Here are some fireworks, though. Just right? swap uh, just swap uh, Peach and Luigi, because Luigi's yes. the, uh, the guy that's in trouble, right? Yes. Uh, keeping it up to uh, my bizarre YouTube channels, um, the next yeah, one I recommend this? at number six is called Nexpo. Uh, Nexpo, you know, from his, uh, he's got 3.12 million subscribers. He does a lot. He goes into the realm of the bizarre. You know, if there's a dark corner, he'll go and take a look at it. Um, he he talks about, uh, you know, disturbing things around the internet is one of his uh, popular ones. He's got about a, a gazillion volumes of that one. Um, it's just a, a clips show. Um, things like, um, <coughs> excuse me. 
things like mysterious radio broadcasts that have never been replicated, but he's got, you know, he, he can tell you when it happened and what it sounded like and things like that. Just weird shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about four channers that have gone missing. Um, just three things like that. Weird um, video, right? Like there's one where um, there's a police, it's a dash cam footage. There's like a police car, like chasing this car and it's chasing, chasing, chasing. Then the car makes a turn. And then makes a U-turn. So the cop car makes a U-turn. And the car, cop car speeding up. And dude, the cop car gets to the end of the street, looks left, looks right. That car is gone. Oh, now, shit. you can say that guy maybe put the NAS on. Maybe it was, it was Vin Diesel. But if, you, but if you watch that video in real time, there's no possible way that that car got away like that. Unless like he hopped a curb and like went through the grass or something. But wow. just weird stuff like that, right? Or... Um, Moments before um, the last footage of uh, Doomed, uh, you know, those people that chase tornadoes around, right? Just just stuff like that, right? Okay. So if you want a little bit of, um, if you're, if you have a little bit of a morbid curiosity, um, check that out. He also investigates weird YouTube channels that don't make any sense, right? Um, and things like that. So Nexpo, check out Nexpo if you like the weird. Not necessarily scary, although some of the stuff can be. Uh, but from his own YouTube page, it says, Words have no power to impress the mind without the exquisite horror of their reality. And oh, I like damn. that. Nexpo, check that out, guys. I'm going to get that tattooed on my back or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> a cool name, though. Nexpo? Nexpo. Honestly, it just sounds like a Netflix expo. I like Number that. Number five. <laughs> Back to the Future, the oldest movie on this list. Uh, yeah, I saw Back to the Future first time this year. I've always wanted to see this. This is one of the ones that I always talked about on the podcast. Like, yeah, I got to see that one day. And I did. Um, yeah, really, I loved it. I actually am uh, surprised with how much I liked it. I didn't think, I thought I would like it, but I didn't think I'd love it, you know? Uh, I almost feel like I'm watching it as if it, it is the 80s. Like, I appreciated it on that level where I could, like, almost, like, relate to it. It was weird. Not even an 80s kid. But uh, Back to the Future was great. Michael J. Fox was a great, great character. Uh, the one that he played. I forgot the name now. Marty McFly. Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know. It just had that, like... It just had that charm. That 80s charm. Like, the the fact like that the DeLorean was so badass. The way he went, you know, back in time. And, like, then he got stuck. It's just a classic story that, you know, the 80s always delivered on. Uh, time travel was so big back then. Like, it was such a, an anomaly. But now it's like there's so much time travel that it's kind of, like, overplayed and oversaturated. But it's cool to go back to a time where it's like, you know, it was kind of, like, new. It was the beginning of, of all that. So I like Back to the Future a lot. I still got to watch Part 2 and 3. Um, mm-hmm. But Back to the Future, man, it was really good. I actually, I was looking at a model DeLorean the other day. And I was thinking Yeah, just to mark like, out oh, a little bit. Just to get one. <laughs> yeah. Back to the Future is awesome. You, you like Back to the Future, right? Yeah, I saw it as a kid. I can't, I don't really, uh, I got to go back and watch it. It's one of those movies that I saw probably in the 80s and then never went back and saw it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know it's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. I just remember watching it, but I don't remember much else. I'd have to go back and watch it again. Yeah, it holds up for sure. I think it holds yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, what else do I got next? Next is a channel called Jacob Geller. And um, this guy does video essays on different things from like video games to history politics um he starts he starts talking about he just gets really he does deep dives into 
things like genres of terror, um, video games. He obviously likes his games. He does year-end video game shows as well. Uh, but he gets into other weird things like, um, you know, deep dives into games um, that uh, that sort of they're 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 very basic games. But when he dives into them, you, you realize that there's something more there. You know, like he has got one where he basically talks about a game that games that don't fake space. Right. So like uh, you think of the obvious ones like Flight Simulator, but there's other ones, too, like Super Mario 64 and Silent Hill 2, where you can really feel the space of these worlds that these games take place in. Uh, But he does a lot of these deep dives and um, he's got a really uh, sort of intelligent approach on just the way he speaks and just the, the, the topics that he brings up. Uh, very conversational um, and he's always he's all his videos are always chock full of like different quotes from different people and just really puts things into perspective um, you don't have to agree with everything he says but uh, he does it in a way that's you can tell he's done the homework um, and so I would definitely recommend that channel he's got uh, 1.16 million subscribers and his current video is the best video games of uh, 2023 nice he reminds me the way you described was uh the gaming historian because he he likes to do big essays on on old stuff for a game yeah check this one out though this is more uh this is a little bit more dramatized with like the music and everything else okay um and he's front and center of most of the videos but uh yeah jacob geller really 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 good stuff i can't remember how i discovered his stuff actually maybe through nexpo just one of those like recommended videos (laughs) <laughs> yeah, all these kind of bleed into each other, but uh, yeah, Jacob Geller. Nice. I thought he was related to Ross Geller from Friends. Uh, all right, number four, The Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I saw that this is the last movie I saw this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, that's not true. I watched Home Alone 1 and 2 already for my Christmas tradition, <laughs> but uh, this was the last movie I saw uh, besides that. Yeah. I had to sit on this for a while because I remember when I talked about it uh, on another show we did. I didn't. I wasn't really like 100 percent on where I stood with it. I thought I like I liked it, but I didn't know if like I almost. It's almost like I didn't accept it as part of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, the longer time has passed, and like I've heard other people's opinions and whatever that gets the, the conversation going. I, I do accept it as part of the series. I think it's actually you know really good. Um, I think the selling point to me is just the whole world of that universe is like so factioned off and like everybody segregated into their own groups that it's like this one kind of showed that it wasn't always so segregated so you're kind of watching you want to watch it for that you want to see how this world turned into the world of you know jennifer lawrence's movies um and i think this did a, a serviceable job i don't think it's it doesn't do it like it doesn't really show how things got there like you know play by play it's not as detailed as that that's not really the point of it though the whole point is to show how snow became an asshole and uh this movie showed that really well um i like the the story if we're not even counting the other movies i like the story it told it was actually really really well written um you know and if you like those other movies this one feels like them this one has that same feeling that same tension um although more lighthearted because you know just based on the story it's telling we're only 10 years into the games we're not 75 years into the games so it's not as people aren't as you know messed up <laughs> they're still they're not there yet so it's it was a cool take on it for sure I, I recommend it i think if you like the hunger games watch this one for sure yeah my next one is game cross game cross i 432 000 uh 
subscribers. Game Cross, he does uh, videos on strictly like what's on special on the PlayStation Store. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you if you've ever gone to a PlayStation Store, you can easily lose hours just scrolling through and what to buy before you even choose anything. This guy grabs thing. He this guy grabs all the sales and splits them up into videos. He does the videos like deals under ten bucks, deals under twenty, deals under five, deals under four. Um, games that are coming and going to like the different tiers and he keeps them all between I would say six to seven minutes to about 15 20 minutes at the tops um, unless he's doing like a longer version of the of the uh, videos but um, this is a good good stop especially if you're looking for different things to buy um, he tells you uh, what he recommends um, and obviously he there's a certain few that he keeps bringing up over and over and over again so obviously you're not going to agree with all the games he brings up but um, it's a I always stop here first I don't even waste my time by going to the PS store and looking by myself it's just too scary and I, <laughs> I can easily lose an hour when I could be playing for an hour right so I just go to here especially when the new, there's a new sale I'll just hop on there and see what's new and the cool thing is he does a screen grab of the store so you can actually take a look while he's talking about things you might spot other things that you like and um He'll, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll get you that. And also, if the game has already come out at a lower discount, he'll give you a reminder of that. He'll tell you, like, you know, this game's twelve bucks, but you know, uh, just hold on a sec, because you know this game is known to go down to the below ten dollar mark. So, Game Cross, check it out, especially if you spend a lot of time on the uh, PlayStation Store, uh, like me. Go on there first, and he'll break. He breaks it all down for you, makes it uh, nice and uh, palatable. Very nice. I just subscribed to him. There you go. <laughs> Forgot I had my phone. I could be doing that. Um, nice. I thought I knew all the gaming channels, but here's another one. The Dark Knight Rises is my number three. This is the one I've been nice. sleeping on forever. Saw the, the first two movies, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, pretty much back to back the minute I became interested in Batman. Um, you never saw Rises? I never saw Rises. Oh my god, that's insane. For whatever reason, I just never got around to it. it I just don't understand how you can consider uh, Christian Bale the worst Batman, but you didn't, you didn't even watch Rises, where, in my opinion, that was some of his best acting, when he's, he's no longer the bat, he's down and out in this fucking pit, he's gotta go up against Bane, who's just a murderer. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if he's going to climb out of this thing, but yeah, what did you think about Rises? Uh, I liked it. Um, it is, for some whatever reason, I've tried to watch it three times, and the first two times, I would just fall asleep. It was, I don't know why, it just is kind of boring to me. Um, even though I did end up liking it once I actually got through it. Like, I like the addition of uh, Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle. I thought she was actually a really good uh, Catwoman. Um, and... Bane, like Tom Hardy's Bane, I love Tom Hardy, so Bane was was a cool addition. It's just like, this cemented the fact that Christian Bale is the worst Batman to me. Right. <laughs> I just, I here's the thing, I like him as Bruce Wayne. So if you're talking about his acting as Bruce Wayne, like when he's all broken down with a walking stick in the beginning and he's all fucked up, I like it. I think it's fine. It's just once they do, I don't even, I don't even think it's his fault at this point. I think it's just the direction they went in with the Batman character to make it the way it is with hockey pads, the way he has to change his voice when he's in a costume. I think all that is sucks. It just, it sucks. So that's why I'll always say like, I might not necessarily not or dislike Christian Bale. I just dislike this portrayal a lot. 
Like to the point where I think it's the worst one. <laughs> Damn. So that's kind of what it is. It's not really Christian Bale. I always said Christian Bale just because he's the man in the costume. But really, it's just the direction well, of the Bale. character. Yeah, right? yeah. So, but besides that, I think all, everything around that is really cool. I actually enjoyed. Um, but to me, to, to be honest, I still think it's probably the weakest in the trilogy. I think, uh, you know, it's the second one, then the first one, then this one. So um, that's usually how these go anyway. But. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises, good movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my favorite, my favorite comedy uh, channel uh, this year was this channel called Comedy Enforcement, and basically he's like the police officer of uh, comedy channels, and he talks about he basically listens to all the comedy podcasts and you know kind of spills the tea so to speak. So he'll talk about like Bert Kreischer and all these guys. You know, he talks about Joe Rogan and. Uh, you know, he just he spots things during different podcasts and he talks about them. Um, he'll he'll bring up awkward moments. Um, he'll talk about like Steve O taking shots at Tom Segura, things like that. So if you like um, if you like a little bit of gossip to go uh, to play as a backdrop to some of the more popular podcasts that are out there, check out Comedy Enforcement. It drops once or twice a week. Uh, he's got hundred and seven thousand subscribers, but um, yeah, he just goes on about uh, the different things that are happening in the uh, comedy podcasting world and there's so much drama the ups and the downs you know so I would recommend it and it's a good way to keep tabs on the comedy podcast because there's not enough hours in the day to follow every single podcast or person that you're into so it's a good way he breaks it down lets you know what's going on and then it's up to you if you want to go and check out those shows and judge for yourself but um yeah, he, he talks about Bobby Lee and Brandon Schaub and everything else that's going around. Tom Segura. Um, so there's a there's a lot of really good stuff there. Andrew Schultz. Uh, any Anything to do with Delia. those comedy podcasts. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dali as well. Um, so go on there. Check out the Comedy Enforcement. That was uh, that was my favorite uh, favorite comedy channel to watch while having lunch. Because these are, you know, 15 to 25 minute episodes. Yeah, it's cool. I, I have seen this guy before, actually. Um, I just, uh, I think I've seen him on, like, uh, Instagram reels and stuff like that. So I never uh, really oh, wow. got mm-hmm. into, like, his channel. But I've seen him before. I've seen this stuff before. Um, I say Dalia because I think he covered uh, Dalia's, like, you know, when he tried to, when people tried to cancel him and all that. So I think that's actually how I stayed up to date with that, that whole situation. That's funny. But yeah, cool. Comedy enforcement. Uh, okay, my number two, the runner-up, Creed 3, which came out this year, early this year. Um, Michael B. Jordan, Jonathan Majors, um, and the other person, forgot the other person, what's her name? Tessa Thompson, there you go. Uh, Creed 3 was a good sequel to Creed 2. Uh, I thought by now, like, I, I went into it thinking, like, eh, you know, the third movie never does great. <laughs> but it was actually still good. It was actually very good. I enjoyed the story they told. They went in a different direction. It wasn't like him trying to be a world heavyweight champion anymore. They went more personal this time. He had some things in the past to settle. And uh, I liked the delivery of everything. I thought the music was great. I thought the the scenes were still pretty intense. Um, Michael B. Jordan taking the director role was cool. Because you see his heavy uh, fandom for anime. Like a lot of the shots are so anime. Like the, the slow motion like... 
cut like you just see his eyes look left and then he sees like a weak spot and then you see like the glove going to the ribs or whatever and then slow motion like it's so like it, it's cool because it's, it's not something i've seen in the series yet so it was a good way to refresh everything um it suffers with in my opinion no stallone i understand there's like reasons for that but uh i, I always feel like stallone is the heart of these movies so the fact that he wasn't in it kind of, you know, docked it a couple points for me. But other than that, I think uh, I think it's great. I think the movie was fantastic. I think you guys should watch it. And it was my second favorite of the year. Yeah. Um, my number two on YouTube was probably my favorite video game channel out there right now. And it's Mystic. I've been following Mystic now for about uh, three years. Um, he does a PlayStation up. He's a strictly a PlayStation guy, which I like, and he covers it every Friday. Drops a new video, and my favorite videos of him. He's done three. Just released the third one last week. He tries to do thirty platinums in thirty days, okay. and so he puts down everything to try to get this done. And no, he doesn't choose the uh, the ones that you pay a couple bucks and you get a platinum after like twenty minutes. Like he chooses games that take you know they got to go from zero to one hundred, and it's got to you know be minimum four hours to you know 12 13 hours whatever however many hours some of these games might be for the platinum but uh really good fun channel he's got a good demeanor about him i feel like if i met that guy like we'd get along really well and uh he released a video just this week where he's got this playstation uh uh grill he made a grill out of a playstation 4 oh, so he he removed the insides and put a grill in there and he was making burgers in the kitchen just silly <laughs> shit like that um, but he's got a good um, he's got a good delivery, very conversational. And like I said, if nothing else, check out the uh, thirty platinums in thirty days videos. They're really good. And um, he pokes fun of himself, and he keeps everything lighthearted, which is good. But uh, yeah, delivers the news every Friday. Mystic, check out Mystic Ryan. He's got the seven hundred and sixty-five thousand subscribers. So uh, yeah, and he's 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 not too far away. He's in Buffalo, actually. He's a Buffalo guy. Oh wow. So that's just down the street from here in uh, Toronto, a couple hours away. So Mystic Ryan, check out Mystic on YouTube. Yeah, you uh, you actually turned me on to him uh, a while back. Yeah. He also like frequently is a guest on the uh, the Spawncast with the Spawn Wave people. So yeah. I, if anything, like I, I got introduced really to his, like his whole per- personality like through that. And it's funny because low-key, he's actually a huge Game Boy Color collector. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> that's funny to me. Um, but his whole persona is, is PlayStation. So that's that's kind of funny. He recently went to, um, I forget which gaming convention, and he bought a Pokemon game. I forget which one it was for like three or four hundred US dollars. Yeah. Because this guy's hardcore. Like, it's not just a cartridge. Like, the box needs to be mint, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, everything, right? There can't be, you know. Uh, so, so he does a lot of that. But, uh, yeah, Mystic. That is cool. All right. And my favorite movie that I watched this year, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This was the sequel uh, to the first animated movie. And I thought it was perfect. I honestly don't think it could have been like I don't have anything negative to say um, if you want a lot of Spider-Men in your movie it's just spider people in general or spider things uh, watch this one man there's like 300 Spider-Men in this thing um, all at once at times it's crazy I think that uh, the only complaint is that when it ended because I was along for the ride I was like oh my god it ended like it was so abrupt because they are planning for the third part to be uh, to carry on directly after this one 
and I totally forgot about that. So the movie ends in like a, a a scene where it's like you you can't believe what's happening. It's like oh my god, and it just ends. It's like fuck. <laughs> I was so upset, um, but then I realized I was sitting there for like two hours. I was like, oh god, I guess it is over. Right. Uh, but it's fun. I, I like everything they did. They showed uh, they showed clips from Tobey Maguire's uh, Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man because the whole multiverse is connected now. So it showed scenes from those movies for some reason. It was oh, wow. Re- okay. It was pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I have nothing bad to say. Literally, I, like, honestly, I just wish it didn't end so abrupt. But I guess that's my fault for not, like, realizing that. So um, beautiful animation, beautiful music. The soundtrack's a banger, man. If you like hip-hop music and R&B, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is Marvel's way of, like, baby-facing Miles. Like, between this and putting him in the video games and, and all that, I wouldn't be surprised if Miles eventually becomes, like, the main live-action Spider-Man going forward, right? Yeah. Well, he's already going to be the main one in the video games, correct? Uh, supposedly, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that would not be that would not be surprising at all, yeah. No, he's a baby-face. Yeah. Um... And my, my favorite chapter, my favorite channel was that chapter. Uh, this guy named Mike from uh, Ireland. Again, he tells these stories. He releases about one or two a week. He's also got a podcast, uh, but it's the, it's the YouTube channel that I really like. And again, he just tells these stories about uh, different murders and disappearances and things like that. Um, and sometimes he breaks it up by talking about uh, multiple three or four different things like disappearances or things like that. But again, he's just got a good way of telling the story, a good even pace with footage. And uh, he's got this running gag where anytime that uh, anytime that the murder involves uh, like insurance, right, like like life insurance, oh. he, he, he's got this like stock footage of him like dancing around and like with like a captain's hat and things like that with this goofy song. Right. So it's kind of a running gag. Like he'll be like, and you never know. And you won't guess why he did it. And then it'll cut to him doing like the whole thing. And like, oh, OK, it was an insurance thing for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, really good channel. It's got one. 1.93 million uh, subscribers releases about two videos uh, a week. Uh, the latest of which is called "The Scariest Disappearances That Are Still a Mystery 3. Uh, so if you're into that kind of stuff, check out that chapter on YouTube. Um, that's probably my favorite channel this year. I spent a lot of time watching those videos. Um, I like them. You might too. So check that out. Very nice. There you have it. My top 10 movies and Chris's top 10 YouTube channels. That was cool. Now let's there move on go. to our second part of this. The second uh, course, I guess, of the of the meal. Top 10 video games we played this year. Uh, again, I'll do my little breakdown. I played 27 games in total. 12 came out this year. 15 came out in the past years. Um, so, yeah, I did a lot of gaming. More than I thought, honestly. That might not be a lot, but to me, I think it is, given that I never have much time these days. Uh, so, yeah, Chris, you go first this time. Um, the number 10 game, I'm, I'm still playing it. I'm not finished it, but a Shadow Warrior. This was a 2013 remake of the 1997 game that I once got a copy of in high school. And it was just like a bloody game. It was made by uh, 3D Realms who also made uh, the Duke Nukem games at that oh, time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this was just a good remake. I'm still early on. I'm about four or five missions in, uh, but it's still got some of the same attitude as the original game. Very bloody. 
um, does a nice thing with the touchpad where it allows you to, by using, uh, by swiping your fingers up, left, and side, and with the combination of button presses, you can do different uh, powerful attacks using magic um, and different orbs that you can pick up and stuff like that. But it's all about the gun play and obviously the sword play. Um, so really, really fun game so far. I'm uh, I'm enjoying playing this one. But yeah, it's from uh, 2013 Shadow Warrior, a remake or a reboot rather of the uh, of the 97 game. This looks like Doom. Yeah. How have yeah. I never heard of this? Yeah, I, I had no idea that they remade that game or rebooted that game. So I checked it out and I was uh, I was not disappointed. Yeah, I'm enjoying this one so far. I'm going to check that out after. That's yeah, cool. it's like fairly that. cheap too. I think I got it for like uh, maybe less than $10. I got nice. it on sale, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, I'm, I'm definitely getting that. Uh, my number 10, I think this game came out last year or 2021, I forget. But uh, Stray. The game about the kitty cat. Yeah. Uh, this game is still, to this day, one of my, like, the ones that just kind of creeped up on me. I wasn't at all excited about this game. I think I even trashed it on, on the podcast. But once I actually got my hands on it and tried it, it was uh, very delightful and wonderful. <laughs> I actually just, I like the world it's in. About this cat that kind of survived an apocalypse and, like, there's just these robots living and he's communicating with these robots and... It just it leads to this whole thing at the end that's like just awesome. I don't want to ruin it. I think if you guys still haven't played Stray, you owe it to yourselves to do it. The game is beautiful and it's not long. It's like five to seven hours, I guess. Um, I think I beat it in like two sittings. I was really addicted to it. Um, and it's one of the only games where I like legit uh, messed around with like the camera. Like I, yeah. I took I took actual screenshots. I wanted to like make this whole because the scenery is is awesome to look at. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing really bad I could say. Stray, man. Nice little indie game. I think now you can get it for like 20, 30 bucks. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, another game is number nine. It's holding a number nine spot only because I haven't finished it yet. But Cyberpunk 2077 is a game that I started back in August and I just put it down. I haven't gone back to it yet, but I do want to get back into it. A lot of fun. The attention to detail is amazing. Uh, the gunplay is a lot of fun. Um, I started playing it this year. So this is after the different patches and it's, it's become more of, um, they've changed a lot of the RPG aspects to the game to make it better, but I wouldn't know cause it's the only version of the game I've ever played. Right. right so, yeah. um, I'm enjoying it really, really good, really moody. Um, and again, something that I definitely want to get back into again. Um, but this would probably be higher up on the list, but again, I can't justify it cause I haven't finished it yet. I feel like I'm betraying the list by doing that. So, so, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. I think everybody kind of knows what it's about. There's no really need to get into it. But yeah, it's on my number nine. And uh, who knows? You know, might even be on my list next year as I uh, look to finish this one. That's what I was going to say. We'll revisit this next year. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That's cool. I think it is your kind of game. Um, This one's actually also unfinished for me now that you bring up the unfinished. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder is number nine. Um, I don't feel bad about putting it uh, after Stray, just because I, I know what this game is. It's Mario 2D. Like it, it, It's a very similar formula to everything else that it does. Uh, I like the art style. The new voices don't bother me. I think it's fine. Um, the music... The music's not... The music's not as iconic as I, I kind of wish. Like, I think every Mario game has awesome music. This one's kind of like 70% good, 30% like weird in a bad way. Um, so that, there's that. The power-ups in this game are fun, but they're not, like... I just wish there was more power-ups. I think the, the three that we get are kind of, like, whatever. Like, the three new ones, at least. Um, there's something about this game that doesn't click with me, though. There's something about it that just... 
even though I like it, I never want to play it, which is why it's unfinished. Like, I have no desire to go back and finish this for some reason. And it's weird to me because I love 2D Mario games. But this one in particular, I don't know if it's the art style. I don't know if it's the fact that I'm, like, turning 30 soon and I've played these games pretty much since I was born. Like, this this same formula over and over and over again. Um, there's just something about it that I think is a misstep. Even though I, th I feel like it's better than the new Super Mario, Mario games that we got uh, in the past... I like this direction more, but there's something there that's not gelling with me. And the fact that I only ever played this multiplayer with the wife, they screwed up the multiplayer. Like the whole, I, I've talked about it, but the camera is awful. Like if one person veers off screen too far, that's it. You get transported back beside the, the other player. Whereas the old Mario games that were co-op, the camera would zoom out a lot as players like got uh, farther apart. So that is definitely like something that really messed with me. I was like, God, I hate this. Um... But yeah, I know it's a good game. It got nominated for the like Game of the Year and stuff, so obviously it's a good game. It really well rev uh, reviewed very well. Numbers-wise, it's doing very well. But for me personally, there was like eight other games I liked more. <laughs> yeah, I think this is your Quentin Tarantino on the list. I feel like you're giving it the respect because you feel like you need to. But I think if you play 27 games, I think one of the other 17 I, I probably, has to yeah, have that slot. <laughs> so I think you're giving it to Quentin Tarantino. You know, you have to. Maybe, uh, and I yeah. get it. Um, my number, what, what number are we on here? Eight. Number eight. Uh, I have this little game called uh, Ultimate Racing 2D. It's a top-down, uh, just like a Formula One sort of racing game. You can race in like go-karts, uh, racing games. I like the uh, the engine. At first, I was getting my ass kicked on like the harder difficulties until you realize that there's a bit of a learning curve. There's a way to play with the analog sticks in order to make the car go around the track and things like that. Um, it also it also saves your history up to like ten championships. So if you're like a stat freak and you like to look back at your different stats from different seasons this is the way to go and um it's got a good way to keep everything on the up and up for example if you finish you know um at the beginning of the at the beginning of the, your season or your career rather you're given one of the lower teams and it's up to you to make your way to the top and it gives you realistic goals like i think in my first season my goal was to finish like top eight Right, which is pretty simple. And once you get to top eight, then you start getting offers from like other teams to join their team, right? So you go from the blue team to the red team, whatever. Um, but a lot of fun. It's very easy to pick up, um, and it can get pretty competitive, especially on the harder difficulties. Um, and yeah, if you like that kind of thing, if you like that sort of look, um, if you've ever turned on the TV and you've seen Formula One racing, they look so small on those big tracks. If that's the sort of style of racing that you like, um, I definitely recommend that. I picked this game up for like a couple bucks, currently holding 9 out of 10 on Steam. Um, the worst version, I think, is on the Switch, and some of the better ones is uh, PlayStation 4, which is on the 5, and then uh, Xbox One. But yeah, Ultimate Racing 2D. Yeah, that's one that you talked about this year that I was like, yeah, this one, huh? Damn. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, RC Pro-Am. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, something like that. <laughs> right, just the modern version. Nice. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is number eight for me. I think this game is heavily slept on. I feel like politics and all that have a lot to do with that, but whatever, we're not going to get into that. Uh, I just think it offered a lot to do, whether it's, you know, flying around on your broom just for shits and exploring the map, doing all the side quests, doing all the collectibles, doing the main missions, going to your house or your, your little, like, dorm or whatever, and you get to decorate and put stuff and unlock stuff. You get, get conjure potions, everything. Like, if you're a Harry Potter fan, this is, like, your dream game. This was... Uh, this is the only AAA game that 
my wife has ever actually tried to play and beat, and she did. Usually she gets motion sickness when it comes to these kind of games, which is why she doesn't game a lot like that. But she saw this all the way through to the end, and uh, I was very surprised, i got to say. And then I yeah. saw it through to the end, and I really enjoyed it. And for a long time, um, it was like probably my favorite game of the year. As other things came out, I started to really think about it, and I was like, yeah, okay, it's not like... I, I wouldn't put it above other stuff, but I still think it it's heavily slept on. It's sold very well, but no one talks about it because, whatever, there's other things surrounding the game that don't really have anything to do with the game that, you know, I think turn people off about it. But other than that, I think it's good. If you have any kind of interest in it, I recommend you check it out. If you Honestly, if you like Harry Potter, this is a no-brainer. It's crazy. I like Harry Potter just a little bit, and I love this game. <laughs> yeah. So, it was good. Yeah, I think that game uh, is going to do really well, especially once the sequel comes out and things like that. I think it's, you know, sky's the limit. Who knows? Oh, yeah. They can only expand on that world, and I think... Um, I think they walked into us, uh, you know, I don't want to say, a, uh, you know, a surprise hit, but I think that game was reviewed better than anybody gave it any credit for. So that's awesome. It's just one of those ones that sounded so ambitious that it was going to fail, but it didn't yeah, fail. Yeah, it actually, that's, yeah. It, was, it actually delivered. So. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is Metal Slug Anthology. This year, nice. I uh, popped this one in during the summertime and just made my way through all those games. Metal Slug 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, X. Um, all really good. Um, really difficult. I mean, I definitely took advantage of the unlimited continues for sure, for <laughs> sure. But uh, it doesn't mean that they didn't have a good time with it. Um, very, very good. This collection came out all the way back in like 2006. So it's been out for a while, but uh, finally was able. And I've had it in my collection for a little while, too. But uh, finally sat down and played it. Metal Slug. I mean, it is the... You know, the cream of the crop when it comes to that style of game, right? So um, I really enjoyed it. It comes with like an art gallery and, and wallpapers and things like that. So if you're into like a collecting, collect, collector's versions of games, I would definitely recommend Metal Slug Anthology. I had a lot of fun with it. What system do you have then? Uh, PS5, which is a PS4 oh. port. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even know it was on there. I have it for the Wii. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even realize it was it's out on, on everything. Consoles. The Wii, the the PlayStation Two, Three, I, Four, I think the handhelds too, the 3DS and stuff. That's yeah, cool. and I think you can get it on Steam as well for PC. So yeah, it's available everywhere. Nice, cool. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. This was the uh, spiritual successor. I like to call it to Jet Set Radio, but honestly, it has a it has an identity of its own at this point. I think it's very. I think it's better than those games. I think I like the the style and the the characters more in jet set but i think this one definitely you can't sleep on it it's it's incredible this was my indie game of the year i guess you could call it right um i absolutely love this game it, it's fantastic and the fact that sega is now showing a new jet set radio i think goes like the credit goes to this game because this team pushed this game out and the game did well uh everybody talked good about it reviewed well I think it sold all right for an indie game. So the fact that maybe Sega saw this and like, oh damn, there's there's a market for this still. Like maybe we should get back on the Jet Set Radio stuff. So yeah, man, I think this game did a lot for me personally, just because I was such a Jet Set Radio fan, and now the fact that this resurgence in this style and this genre is coming back, I owe it to this game. So actually, uh, last week I randomly came across it at GameStop. I was just kind of looking, and the physical version was there, which I didn't think 
would happen. That sounds like something you get online. And it was there. And I'm like, I'm getting it. This game, I, I respect it. <laughs> I don't right. Care. I want it. It's mine. And it came with like graffiti stickers, which is pretty cool. Jet Set Radio. Yeah. Yeah. So Bomber like Cyberfunk. Very good. Good stuff. Uh, next one for me is Wolfenstein The Old Blood. This one came out in 2015 on the PlayStation 4. Um, the story was. I don't know. There's parts of the story that I like. Like they do a lot of good job. They do a good job of like giving each character like something to fight for and coming up with different profiles for the characters. But it's still paper thin. Um, where it does excel is some of the gunplay is really cool, um, and just the sound effects are awesome. If you play this thing with the headset on, it's really really cool. Um, you get to go into these giant robots at certain points in the game, which is pretty awesome. And of course, it's Wolfenstein, so it's bloody, it's violent. Um, but again, I reviewed this in a previous cafe. What I don't like is that towards the end of the game, it just turns into zombie land, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, all right, yeah. we see what you're doing. It just seems a little bit too bored from the success of zombies in other games, like the Call of Duty, Black Ops games and stuff like that. So there is a little bit of that. I'm like, ah, but um, fun. Overall, it's fun. You just have to turn your brain off. You could probably play this game while listening to music or a podcast because, like I said, the 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 story's paper thin, but there are some really, really good points in this game. And the music is pretty good as well. It does set a nice tone to the overall game. Uh, but if you want to have a little bit of fun, check out Wolfenstein The Old Blood. Again, you can probably pick this up for a couple of bucks on uh, the PlayStation Store. Nice. Well, you described with the, you know, at the end, everything turning Zombieville. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what turned me off about Uncharted. <laughs> right. Like Uncharted 1, when all of a sudden these creatures are attacking you, I was like, no, man. Like, I wanted to keep shooting, like, the gang members. <laughs> like, I don't just, remember I, that. There's zombies at the end of Uncharted 1? It, it's not so much zombies. It's more like these weird creatures that, like, have human bodies kind of thing. And they're, like, right. crawling around. They're all white. Like, it was... It kind of looked like Venom symbiotes, almost. Like, I just... I didn't care. I, I man, that's crazy. I don't remember. But, yeah. It's been a while well, since I played time. the first Uncharted, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number six. This was the first game I played this year, I remember. Uh, I started it late 2022 and finished it in 2023, so that's why it's a part of this list. Uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, the prequel to Final Fantasy VII. Uh, not the remake, but the original. However, now with everything going on in that timeline, I don't know where this stands, so I guess we'll figure that out. But uh, mm. this was a really nice remake. That game was trapped on the PSP all its life since 2005, 2006, or something like that. Uh, so the fact that they brought it back and upgraded the visuals and like made some nice quality of life improvements, and um, they even went as far as to like revoice the character with the current character for, or uh, voice actor for Zach because it was someone else this whole time. Um, it still holds up, man. I like the mission-based structure. I think it's a good story. Um, I spent my goddamn days trying to 100% it, and when I did, it, it, it was good because it's something I always wanted to do. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I will say, like, the main story was such a cakewalk because I was doing everything else, and then once I got to the final boss, I literally punched him twice and he died. That's how powerful I was. Damn. But, uh, it was, it was great. I like this game a lot. Um, it just got me all hyped for what's coming because Rebirth is obviously like my my next game uh, that I'm looking forward to. So thinking about this one again, I might play through it. I might do a quick little story uh, playthrough just to get reacquainted with it. But yeah, it's uh, if you a little sneaky, it, a little sneaky. If you never played this one, now's the perfect time. Now you don't need to get a, a PSP. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, next for me is Injustice 2. This game came out all the way in 2017. I picked it up for a couple bucks in the PlayStation Store. And man, what I really like about this game, this is just combines like uh, all the DC badasses on here. Um, probably, in my opinion, like, and I said this again on a cafe where I reviewed this game, but it's kind of like if the movies did as good a job at portraying some of these characters like they do in these games, you'd be a lot better off, you know, just like the portrayals of some of these guys was um, was really good. I mean, you got your typical, like, uh, you know, your Jokers, your Batmans, and your Spider-Mans, but uh, there's just so many different characters in here that you can really uh, get into. The way Scarecrow was portrayed, you know, even Robin, you know, it just makes you feel like... Um, it just gives them a little bit more depth, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so this game was really cool. And then there's all kinds of, like, DLC packs that you can get with, like, the Ninja Turtles that I have not even, like, tested the waters of. And there's certain Mortal Kombat characters that you can get as well, like Raiden and uh, Sub-Zero. So there's a bunch of different things that you can do on here. But, um, yeah, really good game. Uh, very easy to pick up. And, uh, you know, you, if you crank up the difficulty a little bit, you can find yourself really uh, getting in there and mixing it up. Good variation. You got singles matches, tag team matches that all come out in the story, in the storyline. So um, I had a lot of fun with it. I'm waiting for the DLC to get to drop to like a really cheap price so I can uh, have an excuse to go back and play it. But uh, yeah, man, Injustice 2. And I think the movie studios could pay attention to, to the way some of these um, some of these characters are presented here because it's really cool. You know, Blue Beetle's a badass in this game. You know, Deadshot. You know, some of these guys that um, don't really get a lot of focus on outside of, you know, the comic books. Um, it's really cool to see them here. And uh, like I said, if you get all the DLCs, you'll have easily over 30, 40 characters. So well worth your money to at least buy the, the main game for a couple bucks. Injustice 2. I still got to go through that one. I, I have it. I've played with it, but I've never gone through the uh, the story. Campaign. Yeah. Yeah. You'd like that. it. You'd like it. Yeah. I, li- I like the first one. I did the first one. So. Got to get back to that one. Uh, my number five, Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, I didn't realize I did that. <laughs> the Phantom yeah. Pain. Um, this was a game that I picked up last year, and then I, I was on a Metal Gear Solid tear, and I got kind of burnt out with the series, and then I put it down. Picked it up again this year because I felt like I had some unfinished business, which I did, and I finished it. I finally finished it. I think I'm at. I think it's sitting at like 96 hours or something like that. Um, it's just a lot of side content. It's a ton of side content, and it feels like it never ends. I didn't even finish it, but uh, I wanted to at least get through the main story, which I did. And you know, I think the game I've talked about it at length. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I, I love this game, but I don't um, like gameplay wise. It's always going to be my favorite Metal Gear, but it's not like because of everything else. It can never be my favorite Metal Gear, right? Like, I just appreciate the other ones so much more in terms of story and performance and all that. Kojima just really wanted to show you how 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 gameplay works in this world, and that's what he focused on. When really, yeah. when I play a Kojima game, I want to, like, get mind-fucked. <laughs> right. This wasn't so much that as it was more like, look how awesome, you know, snake controls. Look at all the stuff you could do to the enemies. Look at how you could get from point A to point B. Because there's a million ways to do something, which is awesome. But that's not typically why I play a Metal Gear game, right? So um, for that, number five seems to be a fitting place. Yeah, that seems to be a main consensus is that uh, it's a really good game. But then you got to be careful. Does that make it the best Metal Gear? I don't know. Is it the best game of the, of the Metal Gears? 
if you're judging it just strictly on what it's able to do, for sure, right? But yeah, again, sure. is it the best Metal Gear? Is it the most memorable? Does it have the most aha moments, right? Yeah. And I think uh, I'd have to jump into that game to uh, to really give it my all. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Just to, like not to steal from Spider Man, but you feel like Snake in this game. Like yeah. you, you feel like you're in these situations. That's what it does best. Um, but again, it's like you know, I want. I want to, I want AI to tell me how you know my toaster is going to turn on or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Up next for me is Hotline Miami. This is a 2012 nice. game. Um, I'd seen it a gazillion times on uh, in videos and things like that. It looked very interesting. Kind of you know, kind of gives me that sort of uh, Dirty Harry on the NES vibes. Except that game was a piece of garbage, and uh, th- this this game. It's interesting. It's dark. It's moody. It's got a you know mysterious main character that you play as named Jacket, and um, you know it's. At first, I was getting my ass kicked because I didn't realize how to play the game. You know, I was trying to play it in a certain way, but you just have to go in there, guns a blazing, and try to figure it out. There are some levels where you have to slow down and kind of methodically make your way around, but it does reward the player handsomely if you're able to uh, get through these levels. You have you get different masks that have different uh, power ups and things like that. Um, but really good. I think once the game was over, it still didn't make any sense to me, and that's okay. But uh, I thought the narrative was interesting. The music was cool. It's one of those soundtracks that you know kind of keeps your head bopping, and uh, really, really good stuff. I mean, it's an indie game at the end of the day, so good stuff there. And there is a sequel, Hotline Miami Two, that I haven't checked out yet, but. If you haven't uh, checked out Hollow Miami again, it's available for like a couple bucks. You can probably go on there and grab it. Um, it'll stay with you. It, I'll say that much. It's a there's a certain there's a certain mood about this game. It makes you feel a certain kind of way. Hotline Miami. This is the one that's like uh, GTA inspired, right? Like original. GTA? Yeah, yeah. It's like top down shooter style, right? Bloody mm-hmm. uh, with those kind of old school graphics. Uh, yeah, really good. I'll check that out. I just did a switcheroo because I realized uh, how I really feel about the next four games. No so shit. Don't call me out Fair for that. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is number four. Um, I love this game. This game was great. Uh, uh, that being said, I just feel like it's it's like the first game, but with more. <laughs> it's just it's just a nicely, a lot more polished game. They did add um, more of the map. I forgot what city they added. I'm blanking. Queens. They added Queens. Um... That was nice. Like, it was cool to explore. You did some missions uh, that took place in, like, those neighborhoods, which is awesome. It was a nice change of scenery. The web wings that they added was a very awesome way to travel. I didn't think I'd like them as much as I did, but I actually ended up loving them. Uh, and when you mix that with the web swinging and all the abilities you unlock that pertains to just traveling, it's it's amazing. Um, story-wise, I thought it was good. It's a typical Spider-Man story. I liked v- Venom. I liked Craven the Hunter. Um... It's just, you know, it's just not revolutionary. It's not like how you feel playing the first Spider-Man. It's not like, you know, it's, oh, it's a new thing. Holy shit. It's not that anymore. And this is the third entry, technically, in this franchise because Miles Morales also came out. Right. Um, I just think, like, this is the ultimate experience when you look at the three of them. I think this is probably the best game in that series. It's just like, it's just, you know, one or two points above the, the last one. It's just kind of not a bit the biggest leap in, like, you know, advancements but for what it does the fact that you can just switch between peter and miles on the fly 
all the suits they added and like color combinations that you can do all the moves they added like it's awesome i think it's it's probably the best game in the series so far but uh i think just when you're looking at it like people got mad it didn't win like game of the year or at least one game of the year awards in that show and if you really look at it it's just because it's literally the purest definition of a sequel it's just the same thing again that's all it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah there you go uh, my next one is Outlast. This is a 2013 first-person, uh, not shooter, but it's more like survival horror because there is no shooting in this game. You get no guns. You can either run or hide in this game. You can jump over obstacles, but you're basically a journalist that goes into this uh, asylum to sort of investigate these weird things that are going on. It's a psychiatric hospital, and um, it's basically been overrun by uh, the patients. So you're in they're just trying to gain information and it's really spooky and you'll spend a lot of time just like hiding or running under beds and just waiting for like the bad guys to move out of the way um it gets a little sci-fi toward the end uh as more and more of the storyline is uh, unraveled but uh the mood um the spookiness is there and it just again it's one of those games and the sound effects um, and there are definitely a couple of jump scares that will grab you by the throat. So I definitely recommend Outlast. Again, this one came out in 2013, so you can probably grab it for a couple of bucks. Um, there is Outlast 2, and there is a little DLC for this Outlast, which I haven't um, taken a look at yet. But um, I would recommend if you're looking for something interesting. Not a long game. I think you can beat this in like three, four hours maybe. But... Um, yeah, very moody. It does have its moments, and I would highly recommend Outlast. Outlast 2 will be on Chris's list next year. Yes, sir. <laughs> nice. uh, number three for me, Final Fantasy 16. Oh, shit. Um, the first M-rated Final Fantasy in the series. One of my favorite series. Uh, I loved this game. I loved it to death. I thought it was amazing. The... Uh, the shift from turn-based RPG gameplay to, you know, action-based combat, I know turned a lot of the purists off, but I welcomed it. Um, you, you knew what you were getting once the Devil May Cry guy signed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Was, I don't know why people were so surprised, but whatever. Um, yeah, the combat, I thought, it's a little deeper than people make it out to be. They like to pretend that all you do is push square. That's not true. There's a lot of things that you could implement, um, and I think it's a really fun time. The story, I thought, was awesome. If you like Game of Thrones, this is for you. It's just, you know, they it's super heavily inspired by that show. Um, I like the main protagonist. The voice acting is phenomenal. It made me feel, you know, a lot of emotions during the whole thing, and they just released DLC for this that I'm going to jump into at some point. I already bought it. Um, DLC is pretty cheap. I think it's 10 bucks, uh, 13 bucks Canadian. Um... So, I, you know, I just... The only criticism I really have of it, to be honest, was I thought it was very easy. I thought it was like, you know, even though the, it's more than what people make out for the combat, it's like, it's still like, nothing really gave me trouble. I think the last boss, I probably died twice, but that was like the only time I ever saw the game over and in, in the game over screen in the game. So I was like, okay, well, I finally died. I think that's the only thing, but I didn't play through it again because then after you unlock like Final Fantasy mode, which is a harder mode, I didn't do any of that because um, this game is long enough. You don't want to you know burn out like that. I might do a second playthrough in the future, but I love this game. I thought it was fantastic. Cl- Clive, the the main character, honestly is up there with Cloud and you know all the other memorable uh, Final Fantasy protagonists. So 
Really good game. Uh, I was hoping they would do some kind of spin-off to this, but the, the team has recently disbanded and are working on other stuff. So that's it for the 16 Universe. That's awesome. Uh, my number two is I finally played 2016 Doom. And, nice. um, you know, I really had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, just they get everything right. Just action-packed sequences from the very beginning. Um, they, you know, they, they, what they do is they just basically, they go back to what made Doom great, you know. I was a fan of uh, Doom 3, even though that's sort of the polarizing one because that one takes, that one make, gives it more of a mood and makes it more of a horror game. This one goes back to its nuts and bolts. A lot of fast action gameplay. The weapons are awesome. The music is great. You get to go to hell for a little bit too, which is always fun. Nice. Um, the BFG 9000 is back again. And uh, the boss battles are pretty good as well. Uh, this one's a little bit more challenging. I thought, um, I forget what, I might have just played it on the regular difficulty, but um, really good game. The You know, you can beat this in about 10 to 15 hours, but there's a lot of uh, cool stuff you can do. There's power-ups that you can grab. There's, there's, just a, there's more reason to progress through the levels and uh, upgrade your suit and shit like that. So I had a lot of fun with it. I can't wait to play the next one. Um, but uh, yeah, man, Doom 2016, if you guys haven't played it. Ryan, you had this for the Switch, right? I did, and then uh, realized it went up in value, and I sold it. Oh, okay, so cool. Yeah, made yeah. a pretty penny off that. But I got it recently again for uh, PS4. There so you go. I will try this at some point. I like the original Doom, so I'll try the Doom games. Yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, a lot of the levels are like, you know, typical Doom levels. There's multiple paths. There's open areas. You can find secrets and collectibles and things like that. So there's a lot of reasons to go back in and play it again. But yeah, man, 2016 Doom. That was my number two this year. Hell yeah. This might be the one that gets me into FPS. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah, that's over. Uh, my number two, this could have easily been number one. I fucking couldn't believe this was even a thing. Super Mario RPG. Uh, the a very faithful remake, I'll say. Uh, it felt like playing the Super Nintendo version, obviously with a few tweaks. You're playing with a joystick, so now he moves all around rather than like in eight directions. But yeah, it's like it's such a beautiful looking game. Um, the music, I, I listened to the Gaming Asylum radio. That music is incredible. She she did an amazing job keeping like the original soul of that of that soundtrack, but making it into like an orchestral piece. Uh, good stuff the uh the 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 additions that they put in like cutscenes, uh even in the gameplay where like now there's like a super move if you block enough hits and you time do uh proper time attacks and all that that those are always cool to look at um and then at the end you get like a post game thing where you do essentially like a a, a boss rush where you face the, the the bosses again and then you get a nice little surprise at the end okay. um so that was cool. I ate 100% of this because I felt like, because I'm such a huge fan of this game, I owe it to the game to like see it through. I want to do everything, and I did. Um, I spent about 30 to 40 hours in it. I forget where I landed, but uh, it was just good. I have no complaints about it. it. I thought it was just a phenomenal game, and I hope that this means that uh, there could be a proper sequel because technically Paper Mario is the sequel to this, but I want like a real sequel to this, and maybe Square and Nintendo can finally do that. I don't know. Hmm. Um definitely opens the door definitely there's more hope for that now more than ever with this it's just something i never thought would happen right like it's just something that this game is really special to me first game i ever like emulated <laughs> and yeah. beat. it's just one of those games that like just has that space that, that place in my heart so 
I just want to say I had a great time with it. It could have easily been my number one. And I also want to say this uh, just for the future. I think the the company that developed this Arte Piazza, I think they're called, some weird company, they're responsible for a lot of uh, Dragon Quest ports on the DS and stuff. If Nintendo could have this kind of company just remake Super Nintendo games, like if they made Earthbound in this style or they made like, like I wish they had a company that just focused on remaking old games right. into like the modern era. That would be phenomenal. And I like these guys. These guys did a good job with this one. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, and my favorite game of the year, you might've heard of it. Horizon Zero Dawn 2017. I finally played this one. Um, man, Guerrilla Games, they just... This they got a lot of things right in this game, um, just from the music to the open world, to the mood, to the story was just. I love the story because they just kept. Just when you thought you figured it out, it was like an onion. They were they would reveal mm, another thing that was coming, and um, you know, there's a Lance Reddick, rest in peace. He does the voice work on this game. He plays. Uh, I forget the name of the character. Silence, I think was his name, but um, he is, uh, he's just like this mysterious guy that's sort of just leading her along and um, she doesn't know, she doesn't know what to, what to believe, but she knows that where she came from and what she's trying to do and she's conflicted a little bit and there's all these ghosts of the past and then you realize that there was this giant war that took place back in the day Um but it's just a really, really good, uh, really, really good story. The game is vast. You have different multiple weapons, different types of uh, bow and arrows that you can use. Um, the usage of the robots is really, really cool. Makes you feel for some of them as well. Um, but yeah, really, really fun game. I put a lot of hours into this one. When I do my wrap up, this will probably come in at number one or number two, probably because it's just I, I stayed with it for for a while, but. Um, yeah, just a great game. Graphically, it was really, really cool game. And uh, But yeah, for me, it was just like the story and the music and, and the mood of it was um, was really cool. I really enjoyed it. So that was my number, that was my favorite game that I played uh, at least this year, yeah. There's so much crime outside right now. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> I'm jealous that you love this game because <laughs> I tried to love <laughs> yeah. it and I couldn't. I couldn't get past a lot of things. Um Damn, police. Holy shit. Um, anyway, but yeah, no, Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm glad you liked it. Are you planning on playing the sequel anytime soon? Yeah, it's going to be on the list. You know, now that I've played all these number ones, I can go in and play the sequels and the DLCs and things like that. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> I, there's, a lot, there's a lot on that list that, that has been sequelized or uh, DLC'd later on. So definitely looking forward to uh, getting back into it. God damn, you got a busy year. I didn't know that uh, Paper Mario was a sequel to a Mario RPG. Yeah, it actually, it's in development. It started as Super Mario RPG 2. And then once they broke up with Square, they changed it to Paper Mario. And just Ah, changed the, uh, I don't know if the paper aesthetic was always a thing, but they definitely went with the paper aesthetic after that. Right. Okay. But it shows, like the DNA of Paper Mario is very similar to this. Um just with more traditional Mario characters rather than the weird ones that like Square provided, right? Right, right. So, uh, that was the big difference, but yeah, it was very interesting. All right, my favorite. Okay, before I say that, I think the the last three games I talked about: Super Mario RPG, Final Fantasy 16, and uh, including this one, The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. These could have easily been my favorite game of the year. 
Uh, this is constantly switching in my mind. I'm going to land on Zelda just because I feel like the scope of it and everything it offers is still just mind-blowing to me. More so the mechanics of that game that, th- that it introduced, like the, uh, the ability to fuse weapons together and make all kinds of things. The ability to take like a million tree branches or tree, uh, tree logs and just make a really high stupid-ass bridge and just climb whatever you want right like it's just the possibilities are endless and if you look up like top 10 zelda tears of the kingdom creations people have made like metal gears people have made death traps people have made like ways of transportation it's ridiculous so for that alone i feel like it warrants like my favorite game of the year um yeah i didn't mess around nearly as much with that as i would hope and i'm probably gonna play this i'm probably gonna get back into this at some point but um I, but I think, like, as a game, it's kind of like what Spider-Man struggles with. It's just more of Breath of the Wild to me. It's just more a, a more refined version of it, except they added, like, more stuff to the map. They added another map under it, because you could go underground. And then they added the Sky Islands, which they teased like crazy in the trailers. But realistically, it's not, like, the biggest part of the game, which I thought it would be, but it's not. Um... And, you know, it's a true sequel. The story continues. You get to see what's going on after the events of Breath of the Wild. Like, it's the truest, you know, it's a sequel in its truest form. It's just those new mechanics that they added are what make Breath of the Wild, I don't want to say obsolete, because I used to say it was obsolete. But here's the problem with Tears of the Kingdom that I've realized. It doesn't have an identity. <laughs> it doesn't. It, it's, when you look at Tears of the Kingdom in motion and no one's doing that crazy shit, you don't know if it's Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild. Like there are very little things that you could maybe that would maybe give you the hint. Right. But if you're a casual like you, like you yeah. you barely you barely played the first one, and you, I don't think you've played the second one, you could look at something I'll show you, and you won't know which game it is. That's the right. thing. To me, Breath of the Wild is still the one that's like play that one first because you're either gonna like it or you're not, and then you'll know whether or not to get into more of it with Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom is like a very uh, refined and beautifully crafted DLC. It's not a game. Like, it's not its own thing to me. To me, it's just like, it's not like, you know, it it just struggles with with an identity. It doesn't have an identity of its own. It's just doing more with Breath of the Wild. And I feel like that's why I'm always like, I love the game. But I also love Mario RPG, and I also love Final Fantasy 16, and it's not like one that I can definitively definitively say, this is the best game I played this year. You know? Right. Because I start having these weird thoughts like, yeah, but it's Breath of the Wild again. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was a weird realization I had months after playing it. Like, I was so high on it at first, but then I was like, the more and more pe- time passed by, I was like, it's just that again. Which is great, but like, you, you kind of want it to go, you want it to do more. I'm kind of happy that um, recently the director of the game said he's done with this universe he's done with this world and the next thing is going to be another revolutionary step i guess in the series so i'm excited for that i'm glad that we're finally going to do something else so yeah yeah no that's cool um kind of this kind of similar to like uh the issue between like spider-man one and spider-man two right yeah exactly it's just you added you 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 refined it you added a little more um and it's still good (laughs) yeah yeah um I think that's the, for me personally, I can't speak on your behalf, but for me, one of the hallmarks of what makes a game great is same thing with a movie. Are you still thinking about it a few days later? You know what I mean? Did it make you feel a certain kind of way? Did it, 
change anything. And sometimes I can have a fun time with a movie. I'll laugh my ass off or I'll really enjoy something and it's really good. And then it's just gone out of my mind. I don't think about it again. And it's sometimes like that with yeah. the game. And then it's, sometimes it's a movie you don't even expect. Some stupid little movie that you put on. and But something might happen and then you're like, wow, that really stuck with you. Even a couple moment. days later, right? So yeah, yeah. So I don't blame you for having that sort of uh, that sort of you know issue with with your top three there. It almost sounds to me like uh, I would almost say like uh, you could, like like you said you can flip them any way around, but um, it's just going to be whichever one you thought of the most afterwards yeah. is the one that's going to stick with you. But like, yeah. Technically, Final Fantasy 16 is the newest experience out of my top four. Like, right. Because everything else was either a remake or it was just more of the previous game. Whereas yeah, 16 yeah. was like its own its own beast, right? So mm-hmm. you, you could look at it that way. Um, you talking about like thinking about the game after it's done. Tears of the Kingdom and Spider-Man 2 didn't really do that for me. Instead, I got Mario RPG and, and 16 that did that to me. So it's... It's funny. I mean, either way you slice it, there's different categories. You could categorize this stuff left, right, and center, right? Yeah. So I just think, like, I'm giving Tears of the Kingdom its due because it did something that I haven't seen any other game do with those mechanics. But at the end of the day, like, maybe it's not my favorite game of the year, you know? Maybe it's Mario RPG or maybe it's Final Fantasy or whatever. So Yeah. Um, like, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth isn't going to fall into this problem because they're literally giving you an open world and it seems like they're doing so much more with that sequel that I'm not going to have this same issue where it's like, it felt like remake, it's just more. It's not. It's mm-hmm. going to feel completely different. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, so, for sure. Yeah, so I'm yeah. excited for that. But um, yeah, I guess that's it. That's our list. That's it. That is our list. So it's nice because uh, we, you get, we get a nice split here where you've played a lot more of the contemporary games and I've played some of the older games, right? And then yeah. it, when it came to the movies, you watched a bunch of different things this year, whereas I split it up with the um, uh, with the YouTube stuff. So, you know, hopefully uh, we get some... So hopefully you guys got some recommendations that you might um, enjoy. Uh, if we got anything wrong or if you guys recommend anything, definitely shoot us an email. Podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. Definitely. Faux show. Sure. All right, that's going to do it here. Chris, any final thoughts? No, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. We want to thank everybody for your downloads, for your listenership. We really appreciate it. We know that the schedule has been a little bit dodgy the last three months. That's mostly been me, uh, but we hope to get back on the uh, on the wagon and stay steady as we go into 2024. We thank everybody, whether you're listening for the first time or you know, you're know you sporadically check in. We are here. We are here to stay, so um, we do thank you for that. Um, if you want to follow us on social media we are at podcast fresh on instagram facebook and youtube you can also follow us on twitter podcast fresh to i will be tweeting this saturday although this might already this might not be up by the time but it doesn't matter check us on a podcast fresh to i'll be tweeting throughout the ufc pay-per-view um you can find me on there like i said send us an email at podcast fresh 2020 at gmail.com and uh merry christmas happy holidays ryan take it away my brother i'm done yapping Yes, sir. Guys, if you like this show, check out our other shows, Torres and Acapello, where me and Chris basically have like an open-ended discussion about anything. Uh, more cafes on the way. The Gaming Asylum, which is my gaming show, and uh, the one that started all, like Chris said, the podcast Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air review show, where we go through the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air show. Um, we're currently making our way through the end of season five, so it should be fun. Guys, thank you for downloading this podcast. 
Everybody have a good night. We'll see you guys next time on episode 82. Goodbye. Podcast Fresh. <laughs>